going on, Wolfpack? We are back after one big, long hiatus, and uh, we're one member short today because he got called into work. I'm your host today. My name is Cameron, and with me we have Marcus. What's up? And uh, we got uh, we got some games to talk about. We got a fun little cat game Marcus actually liked, which is shocking considering he's a dog person. Big time dog person, but really good game. You want to talk to us about it? Sure. So, I mean, we all know Stray just came out. Um, when I first saw this game and, you know, every all the details of it, it kind of just looked like it was going to be a cat simulation game with some puzzles here and there. But, you know, once I got past that, like, long intro with the cats and you start getting into, like, the story and stuff and, and the great world they created with it um, and, and how they personified these robots to have such good emotion and stuff... You kind of realize it strays more than just like a little platform cat game. It's got like such a charming world. And what really impressed me with that game is um, just like the intricate details that the devs put in some of these environments. Everything felt to me so lived in and so like apocalyptic and dark at times. And then in these apartments, just the detail and stuff that they put into it. I don't know how much exploring you've done in it, but... Um, I think that was kind of my favorite part was just getting in these little places and the crevices as a cat and just seeing like all the detail and like overgrown plants and, you know, how lived in it felt like by these robots. What about you? What was your favorite part? Uh, so right now I got right up to the point where I found my like first little settlement of robots, like where the dude's like kind of like skeptical about the cat. So I didn't really do that much exploring yet, but like just seeing like the animation of the cat and like how well they picked up like the cat movement and the cat's, you know, personalities. I thought that was like really cool, you know, seeing it with like getting the bag on his head and it like totally inverts the controller. Have you, have you seen that part yet? Yeah. Yeah. I have, um, right there by the, the musician guy or what yeah. you go in there and he gets the bag on his head and it reverses the controls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So on top of like, you know, the bag making you all fucked up, like seeing the, uh, seeing the harness get put on the cat and it just drops and like refuses yeah. to move like just seeing that part it makes me so stoked to see where video games are even are gonna you know be able to go within the next couple of years yeah definitely i thought that was a great use of like the ps5 controller too with like the purring and stuff where it's like vibrating in your hands or like that backpack part you said where like it you felt heavy like it right. was like weighing you down and like you can feel that in the haptic feedback on that controller which i thought was an awesome touch did you uh did you play this around your dogs at all? Yeah, in in fact, like the first trophy I got was like the meow a hundred times trying to f- fuck with my dog Pepper and like <laughs> get her to look at the screen. So, like before I even got out of the intro, I was like meowing a hundred times and like making the cat like come back at the front of the screen and stuff because she was all perked up like looking at the screen. So that was yeah. the first trophy I actually got because of that. That was uh, that was the same thing with me between Mugen Mugen and Zuki. They were just all about it, like. I was kind of scared to see Zuki because he almost looked like he was going to jump through the screen. I kind of toned back a little bit. <laughs> nice new OLED. <laughs> yeah, right. Jumps right through it. A couple thousand dollars just fucking thrown away. Yeah, this game was awesome. Like, I really didn't have many expectations for it. But like once I got into it, I thought the story was like super engaging. And I found like the robot characters to be like super charming. And they kind of got like the Pathfinder thing going on their face, you know, like when they hug someone and it like puts a, f- uh, like a heart on their face or whatever, or like, like their eyes drop. 
Yeah, it's just like a two-bit thing, but I think they did like such a good job with like the body language and and how the robot's mannerisms were along with the face on the screen that made them feel like so so personified and like they had lots of emotion and the way they engage with the kitties uh, I, I really liked it and i don't know how many of the puzzles you've got into yet but they they came up with some clever feline stuff where you're up there um and you got to get into these crevices to get through puzzles which i thought was great i don't think i got into too many of those yet i'm still pretty early on i didn't start playing that until like a couple days ago the only game that I've really been playing lately has been uh, Death Stranding and uh, that Capcom Arcade collection, the second round of it. I decided to pick up the Capcom Arcade one because there was a game on there called Gunsmoke. And I remember playing that a lot when I was like a little kid and going back to it. It's insanely hard. Like, I, I feel like that's almost like normal. Like you go back to games that you played when you were a little kid and you're like, why is this so fucking hard? Like, you know, when you were a kid, you were able to get pretty far into them and then you go back and as an as an adult and you're just like, is it me? Is it because I'm older? Is it because I'm used to like, you know, better controls? Like what's going on here? Yeah, I've definitely had that feel before going back to like an old SNES game. And it's like the hardest thing you've ever played. Yeah, I find myself wondering the same thing. Is it the controls? Is it just because our attention spans so much littler nowadays where you could focus on that same game over and over until you get it right? without getting right. bored of it I, I think that's kind of part of it but i mean it's the same thing with like old Mega Man games too like i love those games i will constantly go back and replay those but like if it's been like a really long time since i played them like i'll go back into it and all of a sudden i'm just like what what happened yeah um, i had a little taste of that when i i play i picked up super star wars the other day on on the playstation and had a little taste of that but that game's always been hard though that game's I, i'm good at that game though like i've had a lot of practice at that game so <laughs> um so yeah there there was a gun smoke on that one um it's got a few of the fighting games from the capcom fighting game collection it's got like three dark stalkers games a couple street fighter ones it's got this like Mega Man game that basically cuts out like the platforming levels and just throws you into a boss battle and there's like two players to it so it could be like you and proto man or you and uh base playing together and like attacking you know the boss characters i don't know that's a pretty unique take on mega man like it's not the norm but it was pretty fun and then nice. aside from all aside from all that it was mostly just you know just random games that you never knew the name of but you you know you saw it in an arcade and you just decided to like pop a quarter and play it like even even after playing them i don't even remember any of the games but they were, they were fun little playthroughs Nothing too special about him. Cartoons, um, cool characters. Right. Then there was uh, Death Stranding. Probably. Tell us about the walking sim. Probably 40 hours in, and I still don't really know what's going on. <laughs> it's a bunch of uh, weird metaphors, uh, a lot of dead whale carcasses, alive whales jumping out of like tar pits. And dude, that game's a trip. I, I almost feel like. Hideo Kojima's name being attached to that game like hurts it because you know everyone loves Hideo Kojima stuff but I think not with not everyone not everyone but I just think attaching his name to this game after coming off of the PT thing and then like all the Metal Gear Solid games like it really like brought this game's expe expectations super high and he was super mysterious with the trailers like you know six 
trailers in before the game released and you still have no clue what this game's about not even like the gameplay or anything like that and then you actually experience the game and all you're doing is just delivering packages from point a to point b yeah it seems like you know when you get like a nice rpg and you have those like really like boring delivery phases where you're going from point A to point B and you're just trying to grind through them as fast as possible. Yeah. Like to, to me, that's kind of what that game seems like. And like, that's why I've never played it. Cause I mean, I like weird games, but weird in the right way, I guess. Like, like, a, like I'd say maybe like a Bioshock would be like weird, but weird in a really good way where that game just feels like, obtuse to be obtuse almost yeah um going back to the you know grinding out the deliveries as as fast as possible to get to the the better parts of the game i mean it does kind of ramp up um it's not just all walking you eventually do get a so like between deliveries you'll end up hitting areas that are covered in rain and they call that time fall basically whatever water touches your skin ages you rapidly um and there's these like ghost things that like kind of like take over that area and you got to like sneak around them. And if they catch you, it pulls you into this tar pit. And like, that's when like the tar whales and like all these like fucking things just come up and start trying to grab you and pull you in. Like that's basically how you die in that part of the game. So there's like a lot of sneaking elements, but eventually you do get like weapons. You'll get like guns that fire your blood. Like your blood is what kills those ghosts. So you get like blood grenades and dude, it's weird. You get blood grenades, you get pee grenades. Peeing is a very big thing about this game. You can like pee in any area you want. And then all of a sudden, like a little like little mushroom field will start growing. And if a bunch of characters start peeing in the same spot, it just gets bigger. <laughs> it's so weird. It's so weird. And like, is it good though? Like I can't tell if like you're digging it or if it's just you're playing it to play it. Like, I'm happy that it's a part of the PlayStation Plus thing because it feels like I didn't spend any money on it when I'm actually, you know, paying the monthly fee. But I did end up buying it early on when it first came out and I wasn't happy with it because I dropped $60 on it and I was like, this is it. But for like a free game, something to just like, you know, kill time with, it's been pretty fun. Um, The scenery is like super nice. Like that's one of the big parts about the game is just, you know, seeing like the cool mountainscapes and seeing like, the clouds, the grasslands, you know, it's a visually good game. Um, you do eventually get to do more. You get like, uh, you end up getting cars and bikes and stuff to help you transport luggage. But as, as far as the story, I, I think somebody needs to be there for Hideo Kojima to just kind of like reel him in when he's like getting too far out there. I think he had a lot of that help when it was like, when it came to like Metal Gear, like when he was trying to get too weird, they were just like, Maybe hold back on it, save it for the end, because the end of the Metal Gear games always got like super weird. Do you think like with his new Xbox game that they'll reel him in or do you think they'll kind of because the impression I got is that they were going to let Kojima be Kojima? I think his next game will do better than Death Stranding. Um, I know he's like super interested with like the cloud based parts of gaming and he like really wants to utilize that. Like that's what's been cool about this is like you can go onto a delivery you choose the path where you have to go through like, you know, go over this like gigantic mountain and there'll be players that have already placed like ladders and um, um, ropes that you could climb up and get to your area faster. Um, 
aside from that, if it wasn't for like those players, then you would have to place all that stuff yourself. There's like roads and stuff that will continuously charge your vehicles that players have built all throughout the game. Like basically where other players have left off, you get to leave, you get to pick up where they left off. So you, it's kind of like everybody's helping each other out in this game. Weird. It's, That's it's like pretty hard good. to even like picture like what's happening kind of, I mean, it's just big open world pea grenades, blood grenades, deliveries. Yeah, it's it's a weird oils. one, man. I, I don't know. Cause I like weird things. So I don't, I can't tell if I would like this game or not. I guess it's just one of those ones you got to try for yourself. Maybe. Yeah. I think it's one of those things where if you're bored enough, give it a shot. It's on, you know, it's on PlayStation plus. So is that the well, director's cut one on there too? It is. It is the re- the director's cut. Okay. And I didn't play too much into the first one, so I don't really know what, you know, what really was added into it. Gotcha. What else have you been playing? Um, let's see. I since our last one, I did beat um, Trek to Yomi and that game. Um, that's one of those games, you know, where I, I was seeing reviews on it and I, I saw so many gripes about the controls that I kind of didn't, I waited to play it and I, I didn't touch it for so long because of that. And with that, like I was hyped when it initially got announced, you know, I mean, the visually it looked great. It looked like it had a good story. It's got like a real emphasis on like Japanese cinema. And then I heard the gripes about the gameplay and stuff like that. And I finally gave it a shot after waiting because of that. And, and I guess my expectations were kind of lowered after those reviews. And when I finally got into it, I mean, I I was kind of blown away with this game. Um, I mean, the combat gripes aren't all, you know, um, unwarranted, but I, I will say that this game is just like a work of art. I mean, if you're familiar with like Kurosawa, like old samurai films where they got like the camera transitions to the beautiful landscapes and like the really artistic angles on stuff, this game totally pays homage to that. And I I loved it, like from an artistic standpoint, you know, it's not a very long playthrough, but in terms of like the stories gripping, it's, you know, it's your Kung Fu revenge tale, but I think it's told a lot better than say like a, um, Sifu or something like that. I think the story's better like that. And, you know, the combat's a little bit clunky, but to me, the artistic story and the way the, the game's done heavily outweighs uh, the, the combat. And to me, the combat was definitely bearable. Um, it, it's to me, it's something you should definitely try just to experience the composition and unmatched atmosphere of the game. Um, and, and the other thing that's extremely good about it is like the ominous music and like just the sound effects. Cause a big theme in it is like these villages getting raided and you got like this subtle, like Japanese undertone music. And then you got like the villagers like shrieking and screaming, like it's almost bone chilling. So you so, can like, feel the like the horror of what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. It's like bone chilling, just hearing the soundtrack of it. And then as you play, I mean, the game really like changes angles and stuff. So it makes it feel like less of a side scrolling definitely gives it a lot more depth. It's definitely a tense story of revenge. You know, I, I was definitely hooked all the way through, though, even though it was a quick playthrough. 
definitely, definitely worth a shot. And I'm glad I lowered my expectations and gave this one a shot because this is definitely one of the most artistic games I've played this year. So you said it switches the angles. So does it go from like a 2D to like a 3D or like what's going on there? Yeah, I'd say it's like a two and a half D. So sometimes you'll like climb a platform and you'll go off the screen into a different angle and then it'll bring you on that rooftop, maybe like going forward or like, you know, at an obtuse angle off the other way. So it's not just 2D side scroller. I mean, you can go from that into 3D to to moving forward. So it definitely does that in a really smooth way and and makes it for a great experience on the platforming. And there's even a little bit of that exploration in there with with some collectibles and stuff like that. So they find a way to take advantage of that, even though it's a rather linear game. So I was kind of in the same boat as you, like hearing all the negative uh, press about the game. It just made me kind of like took a lot of the wind out of the sails. And this was a game that I was like pretty high on, like seeing the original trailers of it. After hearing the negative reviews, um, I decided to look at like some video reviews, you know, people actually playing the game and talking about it. And the combat did seem pretty slow, but I almost feel like that's kind of like what was intended with like the whole like, uh, you know, samurai, like basically one hit kills. Like you got to wait for your opening, that kind of like attack style, not just like mash, 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 get in and get out. Right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, it's a little stiff and clunky, like um, say your counter window. It's a little iffy and it, and it feels like wrong on the timing and the controls are definitely simplistic. I mean, you could get through on, you know, even up to some of the harder difficulties mashing the same combo. So I guess that's kind of a gripe in its sense. And then it doesn't feel as smooth as it should. Um, but it's not like broken. It's not like unbearable. It definitely, you can definitely feel like a samurai a little bit with the, with the slicing and stuff like that. It's realistic in that sense, but it is a little bit simplistic and a little bit janky, if you will. Right. But I mean, temper your expectations. It's an indie game, right? Yeah, definitely. And I think seeing those bad reviews and like kind of writing it off and just going in with an open mind the game impressed me more. So I think if you have that mindset going in, I, I really wasn't expecting it to be that cinematically good, like, and the story to grip me that much, you know? So you said with it being a Kurosawa style, it's, it's only black and white, or is there like areas where like, there will be like blood or fire, or, you know, some kind of color to it? No, the, the game's a hundred percent black and white. And I honestly think it's kind of a missed opportunity if they would have put like a piercing red color for the blood. I thought that would have been a really cool touch, but no, it's a hundred percent black and white all the way through, but it's done in a great way. Yeah. That, that does seem like a missed opportunity, like a quick, like slash. And then, you know, a little mist of red shows up on the screen. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. I thought so too. It does seem like a game that I will eventually pick up. I mean, again, with something being on a game pass or a PlayStation plus, it's kind of hard not to just like check it out when you're bored. Yeah, I'd 100% recommend, and I'd say this game's probably even in my top 10 uh, for this year at this point. Uh, you know, another game that I ended up playing, and for those that don't know, we did like kind of like a test run to uh, jump back into this, and we went over a lot of God of War in our little test run podcast, and I ended up finishing God of War, uh, the 2018 one, finally, you know, a couple of years after it came out. What do you think of that one, finally? <laughs> 
<laughs> I had a lot of fun with it. I just wanted to like finish it, but playing it and like getting like more into it, like seeing all of the gear that you can get, like all the extra shit like in the game, like I did really want to jump into all of that, but I don't know. I was like in a weird spot where I wanted to do it, but I didn't want to invest a lot of time into this one, getting all that stuff with the new one coming out. I don't want to burn myself out, you know? Yeah, totally get that. Yeah. So it definitely makes me more stoked for the new one being announced and having a release date. Finally, I do see myself actually like diving in and like doing a lot of the extra content in this one though. So I'm, I'm pretty stoked for that new one to come out. Yeah, that'll be a good one. I, I've always been like super into like the Norse mythology. Um, I like the Greek mythology too, but I think, you know, especially with Fenrir, I mean, we've said it a hundred times, like the giant giant wolf, I'm sold 100% of the time. So I think with that and like the, the lore between him and Loki and stuff like that, I, I am really excited for this new one. So is there any other games that you've been playing? Yeah, I, I, I know uh, that Bright Memory Infinite just got released on the PS5. So I picked that up. Um, I'm still pretty early into it. But, you know, so far, I'm, I'm actually really digging that game. I wasn't expecting too much of it, um, you know, for like a $20 first person shooter. But I mean, it looks pretty good. Uh, the shooting super smooth. And I'm really digging like how you can mash into combos with the melee and stuff. Um, and you can get the skills where the slash like goes out um, different ways. And then the mix of weapons with the skills and then the switch from like samurai to like counter-strike soldiers. Pretty cool too. Um, I, I'm actually digging that game quite a bit so far. Uh, you, you played that a little bit prior on PC, I'm guessing. Yeah, it was on PC. Um, I remember early on when that game got first showcased on the I think it was like an Xbox showcase like a couple years ago um, when they were hyping up the Series X. Uh, they showed a clip of that game and they said something about it being available for PC. And there was like a first one that was on PC. So I ended up buying that and checking it out. And it almost felt like a tech demo. Like it was really rough. It didn't feel really fun at all. Um, but then I ended up giving the second one a chance. Um, the actual game because it actually felt like there was a storyline and it was actually structured really well. Um, and it seemed like it polished out a lot of the flaws that the tech demo had. And uh, yeah, I really liked the mix between the uh, shooter combat going into the sword play and being able to do like the counters and like all the skill abilities. Like I feel like if they continue with that series, like it could be a really good game. You know, it, it was a super small studio that ended up making that game. So if this one got a little bit more success and a little bit more people on the team, I could really see it being something big. Definitely. I mean, it, the thing about how smooth the controls are now and how small that team was, because I mean, it's fast paced, the shooting smooth with a little bit of recoil. And then you get like the slides and like the dash side to side that makes it for like a fast paced like nice thing i, I mean I'm, I'm pretty impressed with the game and and how polished it feels and i'm not sure like the comparison now on ps5 but it feels pretty smooth on that system i'm digging it yeah i'd actually like to see how it looks on the playstation 5 um and that's the other thing about it being a small team is the graphics look fucking stunning like they were like super good for how small of a team that is yeah, definitely. I, I mean, you'll get glimpses of like the cutscenes where it's like 4K like perfection. And then you get glimpses here and there of like something's a little bit off or like it's outdated graphics. But I mean, that's kind of to be expected for a game that's a little bit old. Right. 
you got anything else you want to touch on or you want to jump us into news i think that's all we got for games um so we'll take a break right here and uh we'll jump back into the news We are back. So some news broke on Skate 4, and it's actually not going to be called Skate 4. It is just called Skate Now, and it's going to be free to play. Not going to lie, that almost took a little bit of the wind out of the sails for the game for me, because when I see free to play, I just assume it's going to be less in quality. I feel like it's going to be less in quality, but then I end up thinking about like how well an Apex Legends and how well a Fortnite end up doing. So maybe with a constant attention being brought to the game, you know, all the updates, it could be better than what I'm thinking of, you know, when it comes to like the older free to play style games. Um, and then when I started thinking about the Fortnites, I started thinking about maybe this is going to be a cool like community thing where they can like bring the community together and like have big like skate events, maybe like big skate park uh you know, skate park competitions, you know, shit like that. I think that would be really fun. Um, but that's kind of where my mind went when I heard free to play. What about you, Marcus? What do you think? So when I think free to play and EA, the first thing that jumps into my head is uh, microtransactions. But on this report, the good thing that they brought up is that full circle kind of implemented four rules. So no pay to win, no maps behind paywalls, no paid loot boxes and no paid gameplay advantages. So right there, that kind of alleviated my main worries with that. And like you, I kind of my mind wandered to the big community when I think of skate and I think of free to play, you know, I think this could be like a really cool hangout game, you know, where you're on mic with your friends and stuff like that. And you're just kind of skating around and then you have like these competitions or like hollow meet and a big online thing. I'm really excited to see what they actually come up with for this. Um, unfortunately, I just think a $70 skate game just isn't in the cards in today's world. Um, I think that would eliminate just a lot of people from buying this game. So I think EA's move from a business standpoint was kind of the right move, um, considering their success with things like Apex Legends or one that got me really good was the Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes game on mobile. I know they've had great success with, you know, people buying skins and aesthetics and you know in-game currency and stuff like that so i think it could work super well and with them laying out those four rules it really alleviated my main worries and i, I think it could work even better than you know a paid game in that sense so what had me worried was after they laid out those rules um you know talking about no microtransactions and no like loot boxes or anything like that um, I guess a bunch of data miners ended up like digging up that there were loot boxes in the game, but that I think they ended up coming out and saying that that was during like an old build of the game. So it's something that they're not going to move forward with. It could have been something that they were testing out and seeing how it was going to work and then decided against it, which hopefully they stick with, you know, I could understand, you know, like paying for skins, paying for like, you know, custom decks uh, decks from your favorite skater clothes here and there. But like the biggest thing is like keeping the environment, you know, completely open. Don't, you know, don't lock us out of a certain area. Don't, you know, that's not something that we want to see when it comes to like, you know, these microtransactions. 
totally and i don't think it's the the loot boxes as much that bother me um i think it's like the pay to win like for skill points or like the maps behind paywalls that's more of my concern um i i like i said i'm really curious to see how they put this together but i i do think i'm gonna miss like the career mode a little bit you know where you had like the certain aspects and i don't see how that translates so much into like an online game you know where you're like that brand new skater trying to build his career and get the sponsors and stuff like that I mean, an online hangout sounds cool and everything, but I did like the career aspect of those single player skate games. I don't know about you. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, the whole like story mode to that game was pretty fun. And like anytime I think of like a good story in a skate game, it always involves, you know, being an undiscovered talent, working your way up, getting, you know, becoming an amateur, winning amateur contests, getting, you know, getting all sorts of different sponsors. I mean, that was always my favorite thing was like, yeah, I wanted to get sponsored by zero, but I also wanted to have like tensor trucks or, you know, certain right. wheels, Spitfire wheels, you know, shit like that. Like that was always the coolest thing was completely customizing who you were sponsored by and being able to put together your deck and all that stuff. So I, I think that's going to be weird. Like who knows how the story is going to work? Who knows if there even is going to be story? But I think that's kind of like where we're at. It almost felt, feels like uh, EA got bullied into making this game. You know, so many people expected it to be announced and it almost seemed like when they did announce it, you know, we caught them with their pants down because it was just like a, you know, a Zoom call from like one of the developers saying like, yeah, we're going to make the game. We don't have anything ready to show you guys, though. It almost seems like a mirror's edge thing, like so much demand for this game. But if it's like a $70 game and nobody buys it. You know, we fucked them once again. We we all asked for like another Mirror's Edge. Nobody bought that Mirror's Edge catalyst. It's the same thing with Skate Four or just Skate Now. Yeah, I, I think them going this this safe route's probably better. But yeah, there's I guess there's kind of worry when it comes to the career mode. But I, I think they can come up with something that works. Um, and that and and I'm just excited to play another skate game. There's no way I'm not going to touch this game just to try it out and. I wish it seemed closer, you know, I, I've seen some of those pre 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 alpha beta testing and stuff like that. I haven't got in or anything, but it looks to be pretty far from the final product. We should just, you know, keep our expectations low, you know, expect like a bare bones style skate game, but have an optimistic outlook at all of the updates that that game could get. Cause I mean, look at what apex was, look at what Fortnite was all those games at the beginning super bare bones and now they're just massive so i think that's going to be pretty exciting to see what they can do with the skate games and then the other news we had was uh uh, what was what was playstation doing marcus so they introduced kind of a loyalty program it's a new loyalty program it's called playstation stars um they did reveal some details on that um Basically, they said PlayStation Stars members will have opportunity to earn loyal points. So and they said these points are going to be redeemed in a catalog that may include prizes like PSN wallet funds or PlayStation Store products. A little vague at the moment, but as an additional benefit, um, members enrolled in PlayStation Stars, quote, automatically earn points for purchases on the PlayStation Store. And they also revealed kind of like a side spinoff to that where they're going to have what they call digital collectibles. 
and the collectibles can be diverse portfolio of products of the franchises. So we don't really know what they're going to be yet, but it could be like figurines of iconic characters or, or other forms of entertainment in those. And that'll be available on, on your PlayStation profile. So to me, it kind of sounds like it's going to be a, a hybrid combination of like Nintendo system and then like the Xbox system that's in place now and seems kind of intriguing. Do you have thoughts on this one? I never really took advantage of Xbox's system. And that was weird because I played a lot of Xbox, you know, from like the 360 to the Xbox One. And then it wasn't until PlayStation 5s when I started shifting my focus. Um, I never really took advantage of that, but I did take a lot of advantage of Nintendo's, you know, reward system and being able to, you know, redeem points for, you know, little toys, uh, you know, little things like that. Depending on how they lay this one out, I'll probably take advantage of it and who doesn't like getting fake money to play video games. What about you? Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Um, I never really took advantage of the Xbox one too much. Um, and I think a lot of that had to do with the formatting. So it wasn't like you had to go to a specific area and then it was like you had specific goals for specific games. And it sounds like this PlayStation one's going to be similar to that. But I think if they format it in like a friendly way where it pops up and you can kind of see like the monthly check in or whatever or the specific trophies. And I'm assuming it's going to go along with like their PlayStation Plus free games of the month. Just a guess. But I know they've mentioned things about like racing to get the platinum trophy in your area and stuff like that. So the leaderboard aspect of that is kind of intriguing. But um, I, I think there definitely needs to be some checks in place of that for like these people that get early release to these games and stuff. Because I mean, if you have like a an early play tester or like a reviewer in your area, I don't see how they're going to regulate them being able to get the platinum trophy or whatever specific trophy first. So right. I mean, there's a little bit to worry about there. I mean, how often do we like get a game and then immediately look up like a, a platinum guide and it's already out there like day one, day two kind of thing. Yeah. Almost every triple A one. And with these Wednesday releases and our work schedule, I just don't see how that's feasible for us, you know? Yeah, no, it definitely fucks us out of getting that platinum trophy point. Um, yeah. And exactly what you were saying though. Like if, if they make it something that's like hard to find within like the layout of the PlayStation system, kind of like they did the, the Xbox one, like, that's already going to work against me. I don't want to feel like I have to work to like get to, you know, their rewards program. I want it to be just like right up out there, like kind of how they have like those like PlayStation like activity cards, like maybe something like that where it like tracks like what you need to do. Like, oh, hey, if you want to earn points for this game, follow this, you know, something like that would be nice. Yeah, that'd be cool. I think it's going to be like a, a game specific thing. I'm not going to go out of my way to change what I'm playing to do this. But the Nintendo aspect of it, where it's automatically going to earn points for purchases, I, I could see myself taking advantage of that because um, when it comes to like a game that isn't free on something else, I generally um, I'm really digging the PS5 layout so far. So I think that's my preferred. And this just adds another underlying bonus to that. I wonder if this is their way to kind of counter the whole uh, PlayStation Plus thing. I mean, how many people are just going to wait for a PlayStation Plus game to release, you know, through the monthly subscription versus like buying it day one? Like Game Pass has already made me too afraid to buy something day one anymore because everything just eventually comes out to it. 
Yeah, totally. And it's a, it's a smart move in that sense by them, because I mean, it adds an underlying bonus, like, well, at least I get my PlayStation points for a discount. If I buy it at 70, you know, it's fucking 700 PlayStation points or whatever they're going to call it. So it does it add a layer of like talking yourself into paying $70 for a game, I guess. I'm going out on a limb and I'm going to say they're going to call it plus bucks. Plus bucks. So yeah, some of the other news that ended up happening was uh, the Final Fantasy 16 director ended up coming out saying that from here on out, they're going to focus more on a... From here on out, they're going to focus less on the turn-based battle system and more of the uh, kind of action system that they have that they've been using for Final Fantasy 15 for the Final Fantasy 7 remake. And they're saying it's not because they don't like it, it's mostly just because everyone's attention span you know nobody can really wait and just click a command and then have the computer you know do the action and then wait for you know somebody else to attack they want something more action-based more uh i don't know the attention spans just aren't holding up for the turn-based systems anymore so they're going to focus on you know more of a hack and slash combat more of what you know what we've seen in final fantasy 7 which i'm not too upset about i mean i feel like final fantasy 7's fighting style is really good and it's a huge improvement compared to what Final Fantasy 15 was. I'm not, I'm not too upset about them shifting their shifting the gameplay. What about you, Marcus? What do you think about this? Yeah, I'm not too upset about this move either. I mean, I think part of it is Final Fantasy's grown into this enormous beast that needs to make sales, right? So you need to appeal to this broad audience. And that being said, like you said, the Final Fantasy 7 remake battle system was great i mean i think it incorporated somewhat of that turn-based thing where you could switch to a different person and start doing that and i thought it was done very smoothly and square also has like you know the smaller games like um like the live alives of the world or the triangle strategies to still take advantage of that turn-based rpg um so i definitely think with the smaller audience being the turn-based fan and and our generation being mainly the one that grew up on it i think this makes sense from a business standpoint and you never know what's in final fantasy's future either i mean they could always change it up when they you know start the next series yeah i think they're going to stick with a turn-based for like their uh handheld games more of their like smaller games which makes more sense i mean you're kind of limited to what you can do you know animation wise battle wise in a turn-based in a in a handheld game. So leaving it to those games, I think that's kind of where turn-based style games are going to stay is on the handheld. I mean, look at Pokemon. That's nobody's complained about its fighting style and it's been around forever now. I mean, everybody just wants to, you know, level up, catch Pokemon. They're happy with that. So. Yeah, that's, and that's definitely a turn-based system. But the thing that Pokemon has that Final Fantasy doesn't is the collection aspect, which I think is a huge part of that and, like, why people love Pokemon so much, even though it is turn-based. Right. Pokemon definitely does have a little bit more than what Final Fantasy has to offer. I mean, Final Fantasy, you just get, like, the, the story and the battle. That's it. But when you throw in, like, the collections, the breeding all the special t- kind of training that you can do in Pokemon. Like there's, there's a lot more to it than meets the eye. So what would you call that fighting style in like a final fantasy seven? What is, what have they been calling it? Action. I know I action's know. the word. It's like, it's, it's like action something anyways, with the fighting style in the final fantasy seven and final fantasy 15, 
it seems like it might be overwhelming considering you're controlling three to four different characters and you're fighting multiple enemies, but how they did it in seven where you can like slow down the animation when you're selecting your attack and then like go to your next character and still slow down the animation. I think they did it really well and I hope they stick with that when it comes to like the newer final fantasies, you know, that's kind of why I'm excited to see what they do with final fantasy 16. Yeah, I thought it would be great. And and the more I see on Final Fantasy 16, the cooler it looks. I, I really like that, like. Old school castle vibe that it gives off um, as you start to get more in the weeds of that, what they revealed. So definitely look forward to seeing what they do and just looked up the wording as real time battle system with strategic elements. Okay. A little long worded for my taste. They'll, they'll abbreviate it, I'm sure it'll become a new norm switch action <laughs> <laughs> doing a complete 180 from something going from a what was that battle system called real-time battle system with strategic elements so going from right. that back into a turn-based system we got yakuza 8 images that are out in the wild right now and it's confirming that we are going to stick with ichiban and his cast of uh, friends in this new series and I'm stoked because Yakuza 7 was the very first Yakuza game that I played and actually got into. I did give uh, Yakuza 0 a chance very early on, and it wasn't really my cup of tea. That fighting style was just a little rough for my taste. But when I started playing 7 and getting into the turn-based style and the RPG style of the game, like I really liked that. I thought it worked really well. And then like falling in love with the characters... The characters are such a strong point in the Yakuza game. They're so far out there when it comes to like their personalities. Just seeing how that game turned out, like I'm, I'm super excited for the new one, and I'm really excited to see how good the new one looks. I know it's just a picture of a screen, but you can already tell like the detail and the animation looks super solid. Um, I know you saw the pictures, but you haven't really experienced all of the Yakuza games. What do you, what are you feeling about this one? I mean, from the screenshots, the graphics look great, and that's about all I can gather from it. Um, just hearing from other people, I mean, the thing I liked most, I've only played Yakuza 0, but um, the thing that was the best for me was just kind of like the the ridiculous humor in it. Um, like you, I, I don't really care for the combat system too much, and the game does feel a little outdated. I, I know it is probably an older game um, that was redone, so... There's a lot to be said there, but I, I do like the characters and the story of Zero I, I thought was pretty good too. So maybe I'll have to give one of these turn-based ones a chance because that is a system that I like uh, more so than like a brawler. So maybe I'll just start with seven and pick up with eight. Yeah, that's that's what ended up doing it for me. I mean, after I finished seven, I decided to give Zero a chance and I actually did like a full deep dive because I committed and I bought from zero all the way up to six, you know, back to back. And, uh, yeah, I played all of them back to back too. And I spent probably hundreds of hours playing through all of those games. And the fighting style definitely did feel like a chore, but I wanted to push through it because I wanted to see like what happened in the story. I really enjoyed the story of like Kiryu and Majima. Um, and just seeing like, you know, where they ended up going and why we're switching over to Ichiban and, you know, not focusing on Kiryu anymore. But I would definitely recommend giving seven a shot. 
if you're not feeling the fighting style of Zero or any of the other brawler style games, just because I feel like them switching over from brawler to a turn-based game works really well. Yeah, I, I, I don't mind brawlers if they're done right. Um, this one, I, I mean, there's things I love about that game and then there's things I didn't. So, I mean, I enjoyed my time with the mini games, the humor, the story. Lots of things are working on that game. Um, it might even be something I just picked back up and, and hit two through six if we hit a dry spell. So never know. But um, I, I definitely think seven would be more up my alley. I just I, I still kind of want to see what happens with Kuryu, but it might just be a scenario where I just watch a YouTube series or something. Yeah, that's definitely another option that you could do. Um, yeah, I think if it was a newer game, if they ended up doing like a newer style that felt more smooth, maybe gave you like a you know, maybe like a counter system, something just to make the combat feel a little bit more smooth would be nice. I don't think we're going to see that anymore, considering it seems like turn base is going to be the way that they're going to go from here on out. I'll have to try that turn base though and see what I think of that, because is it modernized in a way that feels good or is it just, you know, your traditional? It is just a traditional like, you know, you pick your command and then you wait for the other character to attack. It's done in a way where like, there's constant movement going on on the screen. Like there's always like characters moving around and some of your attacks based on like where your position is, is going to hit multiple enemies or it's going to just hit the one enemy. Um, so you gotta, you gotta kind of be strategic to where, which enemy you're going to hit. Um, <clears throat> every enemy has its weakness and its strengths. Um, you have summons in the game, which seems super weird. Like you can summon like giant crawfish and, chickens that will like fucking shoot an egg onto some uh some like ramen and then you eat it and that's like what heals you like just wacky shit like that and like just seeing some of the summons in the game that's like what ended up selling me on it i was like this seems fucking wild i want to play this <laughs> nice well hopefully ada capitalized on some of that humor and i guess we'll see as we see more about it but yeah yeah i'm super excited to see where it's gonna go but yeah, I think that I think that might be it for our, our news. And that might be all we have for this episode right now. Is there anything else you want to touch on? No, I don't think so. I mean, those are kind of the big stories that have talking points. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for us. And uh, I think the next time we record, we'll actually have Kevin back. So yeah, it'll be a little bit more diverse because I know he's got some some fun takes that are out there. Some spicy takes. Yeah, um, I guess until next time, we'll uh, we'll see you then. So, hope you guys have fun. Peace out.